FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ and 1340 KYLT in Missoula, Montana. Chris Callum doing his best. Willis Reed impersonation got up off the deck, wasn't feeling well, but it was such a big week in the FCS that he's here for segment one to help recap it. Chris, hope you're feeling better. Let's just get right to it. First up, Montana 13, Washington 7. The Montana defense was outstanding. Yeah, they really were. The Grizz held the Huskies scoreless after their opening drive, and they held them to just 65 yards rushing and forced three Dylan Morris picks. Montana matched Washington up front, and while playing conservative on offense, they limited their own mistakes. Only one of the Huskies' drives started past their own 40, and that one started on their 44. Kevin, this was classic Bobby Howe ball. Lean heavily on special teams and defense, capitalize on mistakes on the other team on offense. It was great to see. And Grizz Nation, I believe your football team is back. It's been kind of a meme for a few years, Chris, that the Grizz are back. The Grizz are back. I think they just might be. And another upset, South Dakota State 42, Colorado State 23. Chris, this was a curb stomping. I think South Dakota State could have scored 60 if they wanted to. Yeah, I mean, it really was. That's why I had in my notes. It was just a, a, a systematic dismantling. The Jacks led by 21 after at half and then never looked back. And they did it with balance. They rushed it for 244 yards on the ground. That was led by Pierre Strong's 138 on 13 carries. Colorado State did manage over 300 through the air, but that was a result of having to play from behind the entire night. I thought the same thing. When you look at the stats, you think, boy, the Jackrabbits gave up a lot of yards on pass defense, but it was mostly, like you said, just the Rams trying to get back into the ballgame, which they could never really ever do. You see Davis, 19, Tulsa, 17. This game shouldn't have been as close as it was. The Ags had to kick four field goals, and we're going to talk to Dan Hawkins later on, and I know he wants to be more efficient in the red zone, but still, good defensive effort, and look, the special teams came through for the Aggies. Yeah, they did, and they were another team this last weekend that capitalized on turnovers to pull off the upset, and those turnovers occurred late. They forced a Davis-Brin interception in the fourth quarter, and then that was followed by a forced fumble on the next series for Tulsa. Davis did give up 246 on the ground, but matched out with 304 yards passing of their own. Jared Harrell, it seems like he's been there forever, caught eight of those passes for 139 yards. We're seeing a theme here, Kevin. We're seeing these FCS teams go out and physically compete and uh, they used to be to pull off the upset you'd have to outscore the opponent and now they're just they're playing great defense and they're winning in the trenches a lot and that's something i think chris we're going to talk about it with dan hawkins but the extra depth of the super seniors and the fact that young freshmen played in the spring i think it's really paying dividends what say you oh absolutely i think that contributes to it but i think that the the subdivision as a whole has been moving this direction you know, I, I think that uh, it's inevitable. Kids, everybody wants to play at the highest level possible. But I think more and more kids take a, a lot closer look at some of these elite programs in FCS and think I'm getting TV exposure. Um, I've got just as much of a, a chance of making the NFL out of a South Dakota state than, than I do, you know, being a, a second or third stringer on a major FBS program. And I think, too, we've talked about it many times on this show, the NDSU effect on how the game is being played at this level. Strong offensive line, strong defensive line, rush the ball, play defense, be solid in the specialty teams. I think a lot of teams have taken that to heart. Absolutely. Yeah, Weber State comes to mind. Sam Houston State, uh, they, you know, 
Coach Keeler admitted that. He said, we want to be more like NDSU, and that led him to a national championship. And a game that I know made your heart just Twitter paint. Mr. Callum, Eastern Washington, 35, UNLV, 33 in overtime. I was biting my fingernails, and I'm not even an Eastern Washington fan. I know you had to be as well. Eastern had an opportunity to run away with this thing, give UNLV credit. They fought back, but I think y'all just wore them out. Yeah, you know, it, it, being an Eastern fan, you could you've come through our fair share of these type of games. Um, some of them self-inflicted and some of them the other team just, you know, playing really well. Uh, in this case, Eric Berrier passed for 374 yards. He added another 32 on the ground. So he did what people expected him to do. But he also survived some late mistakes of his own. He did throw a couple of interceptions. Excuse me, he threw three interceptions. And then Eastern missed a couple of field goals in this game, including one that was late that would have won in in regulation, which forced the overtime. Eastern's defense bailed the offense out time and again, forcing four sacks and two turnovers of their own. They were led by Ty Graham with 13 tackles and one of those sacks. And Barry made about one of the best plays you're ever going to see at any level of college football. I know that you know which play I'm talking about, Chris, where he spun out of a would-be sack, threw the ball about 45 or 50 yards down the field, right over the head of three or four UNLV defenders where only his guy could catch it. If this guy doesn't win the Peyton Award, it's going to be a shame to me. I think he is, without a doubt, the best athletic quarterback at this level. You see him a lot more than everybody else in the country does. What's your take on Eric Barrier? Oh, it's tough to disagree with that. You know, it's in some respects, it's interesting because he's almost underutilized his athleticism. You know, he, I think like all quarterbacks, he wants to be a pocket passer and prove that he can stay in the pocket and and throw it conventionally, but he is just so darn good when he gets outside the pocket and he's on the move and he has to improvise. That's when he's truly a threat. And of course he can also rush for over a hundred yards if he chooses. Holy Cross, 38. Connecticut, 28. Heck of a win for Holy Cross out of the Patriot League. They look like they belonged. And look, Chris, any time that UConn landed a punch, Holy Cross came back with a body blow that doubled them over. It was a heck of an effort by the Crusaders. Very impressive win. Matt Sluka passed for 123 yards and two scores. He also rushed for another 112 and a score. The Crusader defense did its thing, holding UConn to just 88 yards rushing. So there's that, you know, physically matching up again the situation. This is the first Holy Cross win over an FBS opponent since 2002 when they beat Army. And Chris, one that was near and dear to my heart is a lifelong SoCon homer. How about those East Tennessee State Buccaneers? They beat Vanderbilt of the SEC 23-3, to and it wasn't that close. No, it really wasn't. And again, I hate going back to that same theme, but they matched up very well physically with Vanderbilt, and they forced three turnovers. All of those came the fourth quarter as well, and they were converted into 10 points. That was the difference maker in the game. Quay Holmes was a star on offense for the Bucks, rushing for 149 on 23 carries. News from around the subdivision, Presbyterian College Blue Hose quarterback Ren Hefley set an NCAA record with 10 touchdown passes in his first start for Presbyterian and new head coach Kevin Kelly, leading the Blue Hose to an 84-43 season opening win over NAIA member St. Andrews on Saturday. Heck of a debut for Ren Hefley. Heck of a debut for Kevin Kelly and FCS head coaches. We have a one-for-one streak going where if you appear on FCS Nation, your quarterback throws 10 touchdowns the next week. I expect the phone to be ringing off the hook come Monday. 
Here is our Week 1 FCS Top 25 for FCS Nation Radio. A new number one, the Montana Grizzlies. Number two, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Number three, the Sam Houston Bearcats. Number four, James Madison. Number five, the Southern Illinois Salukis. Number six is North Dakota State. Number seven is Weber State. Number eight is Eastern Washington. Number nine, Delaware. And rounding out the top ten, the Montana State Bobcats. Number 11 is North Dakota. Number 12 is the Virginia Military Institute Cadets. Number 13 is East Tennessee State. Number 14 is UC Davis. Number 15, Austin P. 16, Villanova. 17, Missouri State. 18, Northern Iowa. 19 is Monmouth. And rounding out the top 20, the Central Arkansas Bears. Number 21, Sacramento State. Number 22, Alabama A&M. Number 23, the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Number 24, Southeastern Louisiana. And number 25 is the Furman Paladins. Mr. Dan Hawkins, head coach of the UC Davis Aggies, will join us right after these messages from the NCAA and our sponsors. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We'll be right back. Recap segment is brought to you by the law offices of John Velk in Missoula. If you're injured in an accident, you need to call John Velk at the law offices of John Velk at 406-543-0909, or you can look him up on the web at velklaw.com. That's the law offices of John Velk, 523 South Orange Street in Missoula, 406-543-0909, velklaw.com. The law offices of John Velk, the official law offices of FCS Nation. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Now joined by one of my favorite guests, Mr. Dan Hawkins, head coach of the UC Davis Aggies. Coach, thanks for making the time, sir. Appreciate you having the Aggies on. That was a huge win for your program against Tulsa. And then you have to do a really good job of bringing your kids back down to earth. How do you do that after a huge win like that, coach? Well, i got to be honest with you, Kevin. We don't – it's not really a huge – we – we don't really try to get up or get down, or we always try to just be the best version of ourselves. And people hate that. They think it's coach speak. But when we went down, it, was not, it really wasn't about beating Tulsa. It really wasn't. And it wasn't, oh, my gosh, this is Tulsa. We've got to put on our Superman suit. Uh, we knew we had to play clean and do the things you have to do to, to win football games, which we did, I think, in terms of turnovers and third down and red zone and kicking game. Uh but it really wasn't about Tulsa. We wanted to play well, and we knew we would play well based off of just our preparation. Now, did that mean we were going to win? I don't know. Uh, but truthfully, after the game got over, when it first got over, I think our guys, they were happy, but it wasn't like they were – I think it wasn't until later people thought, oh, maybe we should celebrate. We beat Tulsa. I mean, so at first it was kind of like, well, kids could shower it up, get on the bus, go home. Um, so our guys respect San Diego. We played against them. It's always a dogfight. It's – comes down to one or two plays where they're well coached. Dale Lindsay does a nice job. So yeah, it wasn't, wasn't really hard for us to kind of get refocused. We just kind of turned the page and keep moving. It's a pretty good weekend all in all for the big sky conference. Wasn't it coach? I mean, we sat there at big sky media day and talked about how deep the league was. Both of us are looking pretty smart right about now. Well, everybody has got their own bias and I understand everybody has their own favorites and 
you you know this. I mean, I've done the media thing. When you're on the east side of the Mississippi River, you don't really pay attention to a lot of things that go on out here. Uh, but nearly every school in this league has a national championship banner hanging in its stadium somewhere. Now, some of those might have been from the D2 days. Uh, we are not one of those teams. We would like to have one of those. But, uh, yeah, we know there's plenty of good football teams out here. And shoot, Weber State, who's a pretty good football team, they had to throw a Hail Mary to beat uh, NAU last spring. So a lot of good teams out here. Your quarterback, Hunter Rodriguez, was extremely efficient against Tulsa. Is that what you're looking for out of him? He's not ever going to be Jake Mayer, right? But you're not asking him to be Jake Mayer. You're asking him to be Hunter Rodriguez and do what he does. Yeah, it's a different different style of game with H-Rod, for sure. Uh, but it, you've been around football long enough. You can't take sacks. You don't turn it over, which is what he did. But he was able to get us in the right protection, uh, was extremely accurate. Uh, I actually thought there were at least three balls that were dropped that should have been caught. So I think his numbers would have been better, including a touchdown throw in there. I think that should have been should have been caught. Uh, but he's pretty crafty and he's extremely competitive. Uh, he's kind of quiet like Jake was, um, but he played pretty good football. He really did. We've talked about his play. He's got one of the most outstanding mustaches in all of college football, Coach. He's solid. That's a solid stash. So he needs to go with the full handlebar and get into the handlebar look. We talked about your offense. Let's talk about your special teams, and then we'll get into your defense. Isaiah Gomez, Big Sky Special Team Player of the Week, he's really a weapon for you. Yeah, we really feel like we've got probably (laughs) some of the best specialists in the nation. Our long snapper, John Loma, solid, been a three-year starter. Dan Whalen uh, led the entire country in punting in the spring and really was probably uh, less than a yard off of what the FBS number, I think he averaged 47 something punting last year. He's a weapon. Isaiah Thomas is a great returner. Uh, and then, yeah, Isaiah Gomez comes in and bangs out four of those field goals. And we're not always asking for perfection. He did kick a 44 yarder. We just wanted to make the layups and anything after that's extra, but obviously his kicks, was the difference in the game. Cole Hansen had an interception, and Chris Venable forced the fumble. Those were key takeaways for you in the fourth quarter. Who are some other fellows we should be watching out for on your defense, Coach Hawkins? Well, yeah, those guys. Uh, Jordan Perriman plays corner for us, and he's really a solid player. People don't test him much because he's, he's pretty good. Uh, Teddy Buchanan, one of our inside linebackers, he had another interception in that game that was really big. Josiah Sawani's a kid up front defensively, but we, we feel like we've got a solid a solid group back there. We play a lot of guys uh, in all three phases, and uh, Matt Coombs, our defense coordinator, doing a nice job putting that together. Chris Callum and I, the co-host of this program, we talked about this in the preseason show. How much more depth do you have this year with the super seniors than you normally have, and is it a huge advantage? Did that tell against Tulsa? Yeah, people have asked what's why do they why do they think the FCS teams have you know been able to get so many wins here early on and I think number one the first game your your depth is a lot more comparable because you don't have as many guys injured I do think the the year of not counting anything helped everybody I don't think so much really for us it's been the super seniors it's been all the freshmen really that got a year of uh, so all those guys are 
much farther along than they, they normally would be. We had, we had some guys come back. We did, but we also had some leave, but clearly the experience factor is, is big. And then early on, you've got the depth, you know, you're not, not, not as banged up as you would be down in the middle of the season. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Dan Hawkins, head coach of the UC Davis Aggies. Coach, thanks for making the time. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Looking forward to having you on come playoff time, hopefully. Thanks again, Coach. Awesome. Thanks. Go Ags. The interview with the coach segment is brought to you by Herald Group Security Solutions. The Herald Group is a comprehensive security solutions company headquartered in Northeast Tennessee and was established to provide dynamic security solutions to the modern security risks people and facilities face. The security of you and your company's assets are Herald Group's number one priority. Look them up on the web at heraldgroup.com. That's H-A-R-R-E-L-L-G-R-P.com. Thank you for the Herald Group for sponsoring the interview with the coach segment. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Hi there, this is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA. We are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. Wearing braces on your teeth can be challenging. Flossing and brushing is frustrating at best. The patented platypus flosser and toothbrush for people that wear braces is the easiest and most effective oral hygiene device on the planet. Unlike traditional methods that are, well, just awful, your kids will actually use the platypus products because they are fast and easy to use. If your child wears braces, protect your investment in their teeth with the platypus flosser and toothbrush available at your nearest Albertsons and Safeway store in the oral care aisle. Platypusco.com. That's my husband, Mr. Fix-It. I got it! I ain't got it! I told him we needed replacement windows for our house. I am man! I told him rather than go to a do-it-yourself store, we should contact Renewal by Anderson because they only do windows. They're experts. No subcontractors. Hey, honey, did you know our electricity runs through all these little metal pipes? Yow! You okay? Yeah! Renewal by Anderson, hassle-free, energy-efficient, low-maintenance windows with a professional, perfect fit. A hole needs to be just a little larger. Keeping your home warm in the winter, cool in the summer with their Fibrex windows. I had no idea we had this much insulation in our walls. Honey? Yeah? I think it's time we call Renewal by Anderson. Good call, Mr. Fix-It. For a perfect fit, call 406-259-3944. Renewal by Anderson of Montana. 406-259-3944. Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful, custom, single-family and multi-family homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. 
Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurryHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurry Homes exceed your expectations. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We'll now take a whirlwind trip around FCS Nation and preview the biggest games taking place in each FCS conference and give you the other games and the TV listings where you can catch all the games this week. Up first is the AQ7 with Mr. Dustin Helton. This is Dustin Helton with your AQ7 Week 2 preview, and we have a great slate of games on hand for this week. The game of the week this week sees the UCA Bears head north to Springfield to take on Missouri State. Both teams are coming off of losses to FBS foes last week where they played extremely tough, and Missouri State almost pulled the upset against Oklahoma State. This should be a great early season match between FCS Top 25 teams. You can catch this one Saturday at 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN+. Here's the rest of the AQ7 slate for Week Two. The Lamar Cardinals travel to San Antonio to take on the UTSA Roadrunners. You can catch that at 5 p.m. Central on ESPN3. Eastern Kentucky travels up to Louisville. You can catch that one at 6 p.m. on ACC Network X. SFA travels to Lubbock, takes on Texas Tech. You can catch that one at 6 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Louisiana College travels to Abilene, takes on Abilene Christian. You can catch that one at 6 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Southeast Missouri travels to Huntsville to take on Sam Houston. You can catch that one at 6 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. And Jacksonville State travels down to Tallahassee to take on the Florida State Seminoles. You can catch that one at 7 p.m. on the ACC Network. Best of luck to all teams, and we will talk to you in Week 3. The Big Sky Conference Game of the Week is number 18, Northern Iowa, at number 21, Sacramento State. Sacramento State had a nice victory against Dixie State last week. Northern Iowa coming off a heartbreaking loss to top 10 ranked in the FBS, Iowa State. Will McIlvain's a good quarterback for Northern Iowa. He can really run around back there for a while, make plays with his legs, extend plays, get the ball down the field. Should be a tough test for the Hornets and their fans. They'll be at home. They'll pack the Stadium there in Sacramento, number 18, Northern Iowa, at number 21, Sacramento State, is your Big Sky Conference Game of the Week. You can catch this game on ESPN+. Other games in the Big Sky taking place this week? All these times are Eastern times. Northern Arizona is at South Dakota, 2 p.m. kickoff on ESPN+. Central Washington is at Eastern Washington, 4 p.m. kickoff on ESPN+. UC Davis at San Diego, 4 p.m. kickoff. Portland State at Washington State, 6 p.m. kickoff on the Pac-12 Network. Northern Colorado is at Houston Baptist at 7 p.m. on ESPN+. Idaho is at Indiana, 7.30 p.m. kickoff on the Big Ten Network. Drake is at Montana State, 8 o'clock kickoff ESPN+. Western Illinois is at Montana, 8 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff, also on ESPN+. Cal Poly is at Fresno State, 10 p.m. kickoff on ESPN3. 10 p.m. kickoff as well. Weber State is at Dixie State on ESPN+. And 10.30 p.m. kickoff, Idaho State is at Nevada. The Big South Conference Game of the Week is Kennesaw State at Georgia Tech. High noon kickoff from Bobby Dodd Stadium in Atlanta on ESPN3. Georgia Tech had a notoriously hard time with the Citadel's triple option in 2019. A lot of those defensive players are back. You think they might have learned something from the way the Citadel went through them like Sherman went through that state one time. We'll see if they have. Kennesaw State was less than impressive 
against a non-Division I team one week ago. Let's see if they can get their stuff in a pile and take on the Yellow Jackets. Also in the Big South Conference on Saturday, 11 September, Charleston Southern will travel down I-26 to the city of Charleston and take on the Citadel Bulldogs. 2 p.m. kickoff on ESPN+. Robert Morris is at Central Michigan. 3 p.m. kickoff on ESPN3. 6 p.m. kickoff, Gardner-Webb is at Charlotte, also on ESPN3. Elon is at Campbell, 6 p.m. Eastern, ESPN+. Monmouth is at Fordham, 6 p.m. kickoff, also on ESPN+. 7 p.m. kickoff, Hampton is at Old Dominion in a battle for supremacy in the Commonwealth of Virginia. At 7 p.m., Chattanooga is at North Alabama on ESPN+. The CAA game of the week is Towson at New Hampshire. Towson's coming off a 31 to nothing beatdown of inner-city rival Morgan State there in Baltimore, and New Hampshire had a tough 27-21 road win over Stony Brook. Two undefeated teams in this one. Something's got to give. New Hampshire, behind a backup quarterback, offense looked good. Towson, still trying to place Tom Flacco at quarterback, should be pretty good on offense as well. This should be a good ball game in New Hampshire. That's a 6 p.m. kickoff on Flow Sports. The rest of the schedule for the CAA, Stony Brook is at Colgate, 1 p.m. kickoff. Lehigh is at Richmond, a 2 p.m. kickoff. Maine is at James Madison for a 4 p.m. kickoff. 6 p.m. kickoff, Elon at Campbell. 6 p.m. kickoff as well, St. Francis is at Delaware. A 6 p.m. kickoff, Bucknell is at Villanova. 6 p.m. kickoff, Lafayette is at William and Mary. And a 7 p.m. kickoff, Rhode Island is at Albany. All CAA games can be seen at flowsports.com. The MEAC game of the week is the South Carolina State Bulldogs traveling up I-26 to play the number six ranked FBS Clemson Tigers. Clemson coming off that loss to Georgia just the other night and South Carolina State lost a heartbreaker to Alabama A&M 42-41. Not a whole lot to talk about here. South Carolina State's there to try to pick up a check I think, trying to get beat up too bad. But the Bulldogs are a proud bunch. They'll represent Orangeburg well. Don't be surprised if they put a little bit of a scare into the Clemson Tigers. This is a 5 p.m. kickoff on the ACC Network. Noon kickoff, Norfolk State is at Wake Forest on the ACC Network Extra. 1 p.m. kickoff, Morgan State at Tulane on ESPN+. 2 p.m. kickoff, Georgetown is at Delaware State on ESPN+. 6.30 p.m. kickoff, North Carolina Central is at Marshall, also on ESPN+. And 7.30 p.m. kickoff, Howard is at Maryland on the Big Ten Network. Here's Jace Denman with the Missouri Valley Football Conference Game of the Week and the schedule for the MVFC. The Missouri Valley Football Game of the Week features the number 8 Southern Illinois Salukis traveling to the Little Apple of Manhattan, Kansas to take on the Kansas State Wildcats in the 4th Missouri Valley versus FBS program this weekend. The Salukis come in today's game fresh off a convincing win over Southeast Missouri State on the road and look to get their biggest win since knocking off defending champion NDSU last spring. Southern Illinois will need to have another big performance from sophomore quarterback Nick Baker, who put up some very impressive numbers last week versus SEMO. He threw for four touchdowns and set a new single-game passing record of 460 yards. 
The Saluki defense will have their hands full versus K-State and will need to slow down sophomore running back Deuce Vaughn and dual-threat senior quarterback Skylar Thompson as the Wildcats like to control the line of scrimmage and time of possession. If the Salukis want to get the win, they will need to make sure they don't get behind early and limit turnovers versus a team that is looking to make some noise this season in the Big 12. The game kicks off at 6 p.m. on ESPN+. The rest of a busy day in the Missouri Valley Football Conference features Youngstown State traveling to Michigan State, Indiana State traveling to Northwestern, South Dakota hosting Northern Arizona, North Dakota State hosting Valparaiso, Illinois State traveling to Western Michigan, South Dakota State hosting Lindenwood, Missouri State hosting Central Arkansas, Western Illinois traveling out to Montana, and Northern Iowa traveling out to Sacramento State. All games available either on the Big Ten Network or ESPN Plus, ESPN3. The Northeast Conference Game of the Week is St. Francis at Delaware. This is a 6 p.m. kickoff on Flow Sports. Tall order for St. Francis. Delaware looked extremely good last week in a victory over Maine. Well, at least they did until Maine scored 17 unanswered points and get right back into the ball game. Delaware is going to need to avoid that sort of a stretch against St. Francis. The Blue Hens, they have their sights set on Frisco. They have their sights set on a CAA championship, deep playoff run. Well, you only get there by one in one game at a time. This week's game, St. Francis is at Delaware, your NEC game of the week. 2 p.m. kickoff, Duquesne is at Ohio on ESPN3. 2 p.m. kickoff, Merrimack is at Holy Cross on ESPN+. Central Connecticut is at Wagner. 3 p.m. kickoff on NEC Front Row. Long Island University is at West Virginia. 5 p.m. kickoff on the Big 12 Network and ESPN+. 7 p.m. kickoff, Sacred Heart is at Bryant on ESPN3. Justin Swallows is up next with the Ohio Valley Conference. What's going on, FCS Nation? The governors of Austin P posted the only head-turning week one win in the Ohio Valley Conference, going to Southern Conference Championship favorite Chattanooga and winning 30-20. to 20, And they enjoyed some extra preparation time after getting that big W on a Thursday night. This week, the Govs and reigning OVC Defensive Player of the Week, Jonathan Edwards, have an even bigger opportunity to turn some heads on a national stage, taking on SEC West Powerhouse Ole Miss. That's right, the Govs are headed down to Mississippi. Edwards earned that OVC Defensive Player of the Week honor after pulling down a couple of interceptions versus UTC, in addition to posting a couple of tackles and a PBU, the Govs haven't beaten a bowl subdivision team since they went to Manhattan, Kansas, and took down Kansas State back in 1987. That was a year before I was born. They'll look to replicate more national shock today as they take on Ole Miss in Oxford. That's a primetime 6.30 Central Time start on ESPN+. Elsewhere around the Valley, Southeast Missouri State will look to upset the defending national champs at Sam Houston State. UT Martin will try to pick up win number one, hosting Samford. Coach Eddie George and the Tennessee State Tigers will try to get off the schneid in the Music City against Jackson State. Tennessee Tech will host SoCon foe Furman. Murray State travels to number eight Cincinnati. And Eastern Illinois will look to get right at home versus Pioneer League power Dayton. All of those ball games except the EIU contest will be aired live via ESPN+. The league has notified fans that the Panthers game today at noon will be streamed via Facebook Live. And here is Rocky Carigliano with the Patriot League Roundup. This week's Patriot League Game of the Week features Bucknell at 12th ranked Villanova out of the Colonial Athletic Conference. Bucknell comes in after a 21-0 defeat last week to Sacred Heart out of the Northeastern Conference. They struggled offensively, only 10 first downs, and they were held under 100 yards rushing 
and 100 yards passing. They're going to need big performances out of six foot four, 260-pound senior defense alignment Grayson Cherbino and also senior cornerback Micah Dennis. They're going to need to be on their A game as Villanova comes in after a big 47-3 defeat to Lehigh last week on the road. They saw their offense have 506 yards of total offense. They were led by a ground and pound, 275 yards rushing from 18 carries, 156 yards and two touchdowns from six-year grad student Justin Covington. And the loss will be led by senior grad student quarterback Daniel Smith, who threw for 182 yards and three touchdowns and their win last week over Lehigh. Around the Patriot League, other games in action today will feature Stony Brook at Colgate, Lehigh will play at Richmond, Georgetown will play at Delaware State, Mary Mack will play at Holy Cross, Lafayette will play at William and Mary, and Monmouth will travel in the nightcap to play Fordham at 6 o'clock. All games can be heard on ESPN Plus and Flow Sports. Pioneer League Game of the Week is Drake at Montana State. Montana State coming off a heartbreaking loss to Wyoming. Drake comes into Bozeman to take on the Montana State Bobcats. That's an 8 p.m. Eastern time kickoff on ESPN+. Other games in the Pioneer League, Eastern Illinois is at Dayton, 1 p.m. 1.10 p.m., St. Thomas is at Michigan Tech. 2 p.m. Union College is at Moorhead State. 3.30, Valpo is at North Dakota State. 4 o'clock, UC Davis is at San Diego. 4 o'clock, UTFL is at Presbyterian. 6 o'clock, DePaul is at Butler. 6 o'clock, Ave Maria is at Stetson. 7 o'clock, Shaw is at Davidson. All of those games are available on ESPN Plus or ESPN3. The SOCON is up next in the SOCON Game of the Week. Chattanooga and North Alabama will be covered in Segment 4, the National Preview Segment. Other games around the SOCON today. 11.30 kickoff, VMI is at Kent State. 2.30 p.m. kickoff, Furman is at Tennessee Tech. 4 p.m. kickoff, Mercer is at Alabama. 6 p.m. kickoff, Chattanooga is at North Alabama. 6 p.m. kickoff, Western Carolina is at Oklahoma. 7 p.m. kickoff, Samford is at UT Martin. 7.30 p.m. kickoff, Virginia Wise is at East Tennessee State. Charleston Southern is at the Citadel. Southland Conference is up next, and the Southland Conference Game of the Week Northwestern State at Alcorn State will also be covered in the National Preview segment, which is segment four. 7 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff, Southeastern Louisiana is at Louisiana Tech. 7 p.m. kickoff, Nichols is at Louisiana. Northern Colorado is at Houston Baptist, 7 p.m. kickoff. Northwestern State at Alcorn State's a 7 p.m. kickoff. McNeese at LSU's an 8 p.m. kickoff. And Prairie View A&M at Incarnate Word is an 8 p.m. kickoff. All these games are available on ESPN3, ESPN Plus, or the SEC Network. The SWAC game of the week is Tennessee State versus Jackson State, featuring head coach Eddie George and head coach Deion Sanders. Neither one of these teams looked especially good on offense one week ago. First week jitters. We'll find out who can put together some scoring drives and put some points on the board. Whoever can do that, I believe, and take some pressure off their defense will win this ball game. The other games in the SWAC, noon kickoff, Alabama State is at Auburn. 6 p.m. kickoff, Fort Valley State is at Florida A&M. 6.30, Bethune-Cookman is at Central Florida. 7 o'clock, Grambling's at Southern Miss. 7 o'clock, Texas Southern is at Baylor. 
7 o'clock, Northwestern State is at Alcorn State. 7 o'clock, Miles College is at Southern. And 8 o'clock, Prairie View is at Incarnate Word. All these games available on ESPN+, ESPN3, the Big 12 Network, or the SEC Network. The National Preview segment's coming up next. You're listening to FCS Nation. Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com. I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, North Dakota. DJColter.com. If you're ever in Traverse City, Michigan, stop into Brick Wheels, one of the best bicycle stores in America. You can enjoy that beautiful part of these United States on a bicycle. Road bikes, mountain bikes, fat bikes, even electric assist. And if you go into Brick Wheels and you say, go Grizz, go Bison, go Cadets, or whatever your FCS team name is, you'll get 20% off your purchase. So if you're in Traverse City, Michigan, go into Brick Wheels, talk some FCS football, get 20% off. That's Brick Wheels, Brick wheels.com Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius Real Men of Genius Today we salute you Mr. T-shirt launcher inventor Mr. T-shirt launcher inventor Not satisfied with standard souvenir distribution You created a device with enough kick to dislocate a mascot's shoulder. Someone get a stretcher. Courtside, luxury box, upper deck. Your high-powered cotton cannon makes every section the nosebleed section. Hit the deck. So simple, anyone can operate it. After a background check, a training course, and a five-day waiting period. It only shoots T-shirts. So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light marksman of the mezzanine, because we know you'll give us the shirt off your back at 180 feet per second. Mr. T-shirt launcher there. Bud Light beer at Isaac St. Louis, Missouri. with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Very pleased to have Jace Denman the next two segments. Jace is the co-host of the Flag Sports Saturday program on our Fargo, North Dakota affiliate station, AM 1100 The Flag, WZFG. Jace, thanks for pinch hitting for Chris today. No problem, Kevin. Everybody loves the backup quarterback. No kidding. Most popular person in town. Let's just get right to the previews. Western Illinois is at number one, Montana. The Leathernecks were competitive last week on the road at Ball State, but this week they traveled to Missoula to take on a team that knocked off a ranked FBS team on the road. Western Illinois will need senior quarterback Connor Sampson to be proficient in the passing game against a Grizzlies defense that forced three interceptions at Washington. 
but for the Grizzlies to get Cameron Humphrey off to a quick start to bounce the run and pass. Lindenwood is at number two, South Dakota State. Yikes. SDSU went on the road and were dominant against Colorado State, and this week things should get a lot easier for the Jacks as they host the D2 Lions. Look for more of what worked last week for SDSU. Pierre Strong Jr. running the ball and Chris Oladukin getting the feel for his new targets, such as the Janky Twins and six foot five inch freshman tight end Tucker Kraft. SEMO is at number three, Sam Houston. Should be a good one. SEMO got beat up by Southern Illinois last week. Let's see if they get better between game one and game two. SEMO faces its second top 10 ranked opponent in a row, and this week they travel to take on the defending national champions. SEMO will need to be better on pass defense if they want to have a chance versus the Bearcats, but don't forget the Bearcats can run it as well since they had more yards on the ground last week than through the air. Led by junior running back Ramon Jefferson, the Bearcats are a balanced team that can also make those splash plays on defense. Valpo is at number six, North Dakota State. Another yikes. Valparaiso has a new mascot this season, and counting their previous moniker, that total may be higher than the amount of points they score against this NDSU defense. Quincy Patterson should get more opportunities this week for the big play, but the Bison will look to keep the ground game going as they averaged six yards a carry last week versus Albany. Maine is at number four, James Madison in a CAA conference early season battle. The Black Bears go from the frying pan and into the fire, facing the Dukes on the road. Last week, junior quarterback Joe Pagano put up some solid numbers but needs to limit mistakes if he wants to keep Maine in this one. The Dukes had everything go their way last week with almost 700 yards of total offense. Things should be slightly more difficult for James Madison, but senior quarterback Cole Johnson will look to get the ball to his playmakers and let them do the heavy lifting. Number seven, Weber State is at Dixie State in an interstate battle. Dixie State has one of the toughest schedules in the country, and this week starts the string of facing four straight ranked opponents. The Trailblazers will need more production from junior quarterback Cody Wilstead and will need the running game to produce more than a mere 2.3 yards per carry. Weber State looks to rebound after their loss to FBS Utah by getting freshman quarterback Bronson Barron off to a quick start. And like Dixie State, they need to establish their one game after only getting 1.9 yards per carry last week versus the Utes. Number 20, Central Arkansas is at number 17, Missouri State in a battle of the Bears. One of the better matchups this week as both teams look to rebound this week after losses on the road versus FBS opponents. Central Arkansas has the exciting junior quarterback Braylon Smith who likes to spread the ball around to his receivers. However, Central Arkansas will need more from freshman running back Darius Hale in the rushing attack. Missouri State looked solid versus Oklahoma State but came up just short. Led by a senior dual-threat quarterback transfer, Jason Shelley, they will look to him to keep Central Arkansas defense off balance and prevent Missouri State from playing the majority of the game from behind. Number 18, Northern Iowa is at number 21, Sacramento State. Northern Iowa came up just short last week and has another test on the road in Sacramento. Will McElvain is the driver of this offense, but he needs another big day from wide receiver Coran Hampton and more production on the ground from running back Dom Williams. Sacramento State will need continued solid play from quarterback Asher O'Hara, but need to remain balanced on offense to find ways to get wide receiver Marshall Martin the ball. Gardner-Webb takes on their second straight FBS opponent. They'll hit the road across the state of North Carolina to take on the Charlotte 49ers. Gardner-Webb came up just short last week versus Georgia Southern and now have what should be a tougher test on the road at Charlotte. The Bulldogs featured a pass-heavy offense last week with quarterback Bailey Fisher throwing for over 300 yards and three touchdowns, but they will need to be more balanced if they want to defeat the 49ers. Charlotte got their first win ever versus a Power 5 school by beating foe Duke. This week, the 49ers will be the favorite and will look to quarterback Chris Reynolds, who led their team with four touchdowns. The 49ers would do a good job of maintaining balance with their offense, but I'm sure they'd like to be a little more productive on the ground. Idaho is at Indiana. Let's hope Indiana can spell the name correctly on the jerseys this week. 
two teams on opposite sides of blowouts last week, but don't expect the same results this week. Idaho put up almost 600 yards of total offense and looked pretty balanced in doing it. The Vandals will need a solid effort from their defense if they have any hope of taking down a Big Ten opponent. Indiana got roughed up at Iowa last week, managing just over 230 yards of total offense. The Hoosiers will look to rely on their passing game with quarterback Michael Penix Jr., but need him to not throw touchdown passes to the guys in the opponent's jerseys. Chattanooga is at North Alabama in a key matchup. The Mox hit the road looking to get into the win column after giving up a come-from-behind win to Austin P. Chattanooga will need to do a better job of controlling the time of possession, which could be accomplished by converting more on third down, where they were only 2-for-12 last week. The Lions will need to have a better second half this week. They were outscored 35-14 to versus Southeast Louisiana last week. Quarterback Jalen Gibson will look to repeat his four-touchdown performance but limit any turnovers for the Lions as they hope to be the team that gets their first win of the young season. Northwestern State is at Alcorn. Quarterback Caleb Fletcher and running back Scooter Adams led the Demon offense that kept them in their game last week up until the half versus North Texas. Northwest State will need to play a full four quarters and limit turnovers if they want to beat Alcorn State on the road. Charleston Southern will travel down I-26 from the city of North Charleston into the city of Charleston and take on the Citadel Bulldogs. The Citadel opens their home schedule against rival Charleston Southern, who are playing their first game of the season. The Buccaneers are led by senior quarterback Jack Chambers, who led the Buccaneers in passing and rushing yards last season. The Citadel runs a triple option and likes to keep the teams off balance by letting their quarterback Jalen Adams dictate who gets the ball and win out of the backfield. Ten ball carriers had an opportunity to get on the action last week for the Bulldogs. Expect that to continue as always. The key for the Bulldogs is find a weakness in the Buccaneers and continue to keep chipping away at them. Control the clock, control the line of scrimmage, and get out to a lead. Bonus preview here. The Kennesaw State Owls travel across the city of Atlanta to take on the FBS Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Last time Georgia Tech saw the triple option, they got beat by the Citadel in 2019. The recipe for victory for the Kennesaw State Owls is the same as the Citadel Bulldogs that Jace Denman just mentioned when they play Charleston Southern. Possess the ball, run the clock, keep your defense off the field, and have a chance to win. I believe the Owls have just that this week against FBS Georgia Tech. Preview segment is brought to you by Vision Office Systems of the Carolinas. Founded in 1997, Vision Office Systems has been a leading provider of office technologies to the greater Carolina's region. Service matters, and that's why they strive to be the best when it comes to their client experience. If you need any type of office equipment, get a hold of Vision Office Systems of the Carolinas. They've been seeing your office needs clearly since 1997. You can get a hold of them at visionofficesystems.com. Vision Office Systems, the official office supplier of FCS Nation. The pick segment's coming up next, right here on FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We'll be right back. We're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Networks. Now time for the pick segment where pinch hitter Jace Denman will get to prove he's smarter than me, which is what Chris Callum seems to do every week. Up first, Western Illinois is at number one, Montana. Home opener for the Grizz. Too much for the Leathernicks to handle. Grizz win 31-10. After the huge win over Washington, the Grizz cannot afford a letdown against a Leatherneck squad who gave Ball State all they wanted one week ago. Bobby Houck's too good of a coach for that, and the Grizz will win 27-13. SEMO is at number three, Sam Houston. SEMO learns why the Bearcats are the national champs. 
I got the Bearcats big in this one, 45-17. Second straight top five game for SEMO. Didn't go very well against Southern Illinois for the Red Hawks last week, and it ain't going to go well today either. Bearcats roll 38-10. Maine is at number four, James Madison. JMU is just too much for the Black Bears, but they make it somewhat competitive. I'm going to go out on a limb and say 34-17 JMU. The Dukes have been hit by the injury bug along the offensive line, which was a real strength for them coming into the season. Maine put a scare into top 10 Delaware last week. The Dukes cannot afford to be looking forward to next week against Weber State. This one will be close for a while, but the Dukes will win at home 34-24. Valparaiso is at number 6, North Dakota State. Valpo lost to an NAI school and now makes a trip to the Fargo Dome. This gets ugly early, and Quincy Patterson gets comfortable in Fargo. Bison, 56-3. My prediction? Pain. NDSU by as many as they want. Number seven, Weber State is at Dixie State. Dixie State tries to make a statement, but the Wildcats are the better team. 31-13 Weber State. Weber did some very good things against Utah. They will be magnified this week. Take the Wildcats on the road, 31-13. to 13. Number 20, Central Arkansas is at number 17, Missouri State. Central Arkansas has got a good team. I just think Missouri State is just a bit better, so I'm taking Missouri State by a touchdown, 24-17. Excellent matchup here in the Battle of the Bears. Bobby Petrino's Bears are at home, and they'll win, 28-20. Number 18, Northern Iowa is at number 21, Sacramento State. Panthers are on the road again and will need to bring the same intensity they had last week in Ames. This will be a close game since the calendar says it's still September, but give it to the Panthers, 24-21. I disagree, sir. If history is a guide, the Panthers will drop this one, and I've never been one for revisionism, so take the Hornets at home, 28-24. Gardner-Webb is at Charlotte of the FBS. This one could be closer than people think since the Bulldogs can put up some points, but Charlotte is at home and coming off a big win. I'll take the 49ers, 31-21. Prime letdown game for Charlotte, and the running Bulldogs came within a whisker of upsetting FBS Georgia Southern one week ago. Charlotte beat Duke. A lot of people beat Duke, but I like Gardner-Webb to upset Charlotte in this one, 30-28. Idaho is at Indiana. Idaho beat a D2 school last week, and that's nowhere near the level of competition they will face on the road at Indiana. I'm taking the Hoosiers big, 42-14. I agree with the result, but not the big part. The Vandals have a puncher's chance in this one. Expect them to fight and to keep it close, but take the Hoosiers to win, 31-23. Chattanooga is at North Alabama. Both teams lost to quality opponents last week, but the style of losses were different. This should be a good close game, and North Alabama has a slight advantage at home, so I'm going to take the Lions in a barn burner, 21-20. Mox coming off a loss to Austin P on their own field, and North Alabama just flat ran out of gas in that fourth quarter versus southeastern Louisiana last week. This is a must-win for Chattanooga in only week two of the season. Hard to believe, but if they have any at-large hopes, the Mox must win this one, and I believe they'll get it done on the road, 28-24. Northwestern State is at Alcorn State. Alcorn State comes out with something to prove after last week's upset to North Carolina Central, and I think they'll be too much for the Demons to handle. Alcorn State wins 33-16. Not me, sir. I'm going to take Northwestern State in this one. This is a pivotal out-of-conference game for both squads. And the Demons are favored, and they will win 30-21. And wrapping up the pick segment, Charleston Southern comes from North Charleston into the city of Charleston to take on the Citadel Bulldogs. Season opener for Charleston Southern and a home opener for the Citadel. Big-time rivalry game, and the Bulldogs want to redeem themselves after last weekend's loss to Coastal Carolina. I think on this show, there's only one way to pick this game. Bulldogs win 28-24. 
Seems like Jace Dimmons bucking for a full-time job here. He may just have it, though. But a huge game for the Citadel Bulldogs. A win here will go a long way for their confidence entering the SoCon slate. This will be a bare-knuckled street fight for 60 minutes. But the cadets are at home. Take the cadets at the general, 28-17. to We'll wrap up the show right after these messages from the NCAA. For more than 30 years, the NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision has helped athletes achieve their dreams. The dream of playing football and hearing the home crowd cheer time after time. The dream of competing for a national championship. The dream of an excellent education. The dream of becoming a leader. And the dream of playing the right way with sportsmanship. NCAA Division I Football. It's not a dream. Come see for yourself. In the Division I Football Championship Subdivision, the name of the game is outsmart, outhustle, outscore. But in the FCS, it's not always about the outcome. It's also about how you play the game. It's played with passion and pride and sportsmanship. It's played with honor and integrity. And it's played in towns across America where football is a way of life. The Division I Football Championship Subdivision. It's more than a game. NCAA Division I FCS football is a game of perseverance, integrity, passion, character, and sportsmanship. As he works to honor the game, every FCS student-athlete grows in his responsibilities as a student and as a member of his campus and community. Dedicated to personal growth and success in the classroom, the NCAA Division I FCS, every down, every day. That brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. I'd like to thank Mr. Mark Hanbo and the Sports Information Office at UC Davis for making head coach Dan Hawkins available to FCS Nation today. FCS Nation is co-hosted by Mr. Chris Callum, produced by Mr. Justin Swallows, and the marketing director for FCS Nation is Miss Stacy Marshall. I'd like to wish my co-host, Mr. Chris Callum, a very speedy recovery. It's very hard to put this show together without you each week, brother. Need you back as soon as possible. Also, thanks to Mr. Jace Denman for pinch hitting for Chris today. I think he did one hell of a job. On behalf of all those good people, I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. Like to invite you all right back here next week for another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Many thanks to the board operators up and down our network for pushing the buttons and making this show go each week. Couldn't have it without y'all. We appreciate you. And like I always do, y'all would like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.